Well, on um, September 17th, 1791, after the Revolutionary War, there was Major General Arthur St. Clair. Headed north, which is where he'd been a little bit further south of where the Cincinnati area is at. And there's a river there uh, called the Maumee River, and he was going to go there to establish a fort to get that built. And um, that's really where he had been. He is going to be beaten by the Shawnee Indians. He didn't have a chance against them. He should have. They should have just blew him apart. He was kind of brought out of retirement close to retirement he was by President George Washington and so he was appointed to uh, <coughs> make sure that they could get that fort built and uh, they knew that the uh, Shawnee Indians would be probably a attacking them. He looked at the opposition said there probably is around a thousand of them of the Shawnee Indians and so he's thinking this uh, one that's a general he's thinking you know we don't have to do much We'll get about 3,000 men. That's sufficient enough. We'll be able to take care of them. No problem. Within about three hours, half of his men had disappeared. All the, basically most of the horses were destroyed or uh, just kind of flung out all over the place. And thousand Shawnee Indians quickly had killed 700 of his men, leaving just just tons of other ones, at least the rest of the half of the army or more, uh, injured severely. And he was left with just a few men because a lot of men just ran. They ran away for their lives. And, you know, actually it's probably one of the most, proportionally it's probably the, the worst defeat on American soil ever in the history of, of America. And so George Washington said to uh, St. Clair before all of this started, he said, beware of surprises. You know, Shawnee Indians. And after the battle, Washington wrote about St. Clair and said, he's worse than a murderer. Because <laughs> so, they lost so many men. They should have won against them. But they didn't. Well, what's that remind you of? Where we're at today. Uh, AI. And so they had just come from, remember uh, Jericho? Oh, can you pass this? There, there he comes. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Nice colors. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, just had defeating, defeated Jericho, kind of more than conquerors there, weren't they? They didn't really do much anything, just walked around the place and then yelled and trumpets blew and the walls come down. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, you know, we, man, look at us. They, well, actually, they do that God had done that, you know. So that's where they've been. And this is kind of the bridgehead on into Canaan, really. This land that Canaan is going to be taken over by them. So the next location is the city of uh, Ai. And uh, this is going to be a simple battle, right? It's small. It's insignificant. AI, matter of fact, means the ruin. Interesting, isn't it? It's just a little bit north of where we know where Jerusalem is at. And it's real close to Bethel. 
which in Genesis you'll see Ai named along with Bethel. And of course, Abraham had a covenant made with God. And Bethel means house of God. Ai is the ruin. <laughs> and so that tells you a little bit about uh, this city here. A little, <coughs> I should say a little city. <coughs> Something was really clogged up in my throat. Excuse me. It might be this stuff doing it. <laughs> but anyway, it's a narrative that we have here, and it's really about the reason for the disaster of the Israelites. The sons of the Israelites here are going to lose a battle that they never should have ever lost. So the reason is given. And they fail absolutely, miserably here. Um, even worse than what that Major General Arthur St. Clair did. <laughs> Whether you, had you ever heard of him before or not? I'd never really heard of that story. But, you know, who wants to put that out in history and show that, hey, we lost a battle there. That should have been won. <clears throat> so, it, when what you see in verse 1 is really telling beforehand what it's going to be. And so it will build up the stories you go on through and will walk through it to its conclusion to the end of the, uh, the chapter. So verse 1 is really going to be about basically here is what happened and then he gives the, the reason why. And uh, I think of uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 11 through 13, where it says... Uh, these things, these examples, were written down as warnings for us and the ages to come, which is for us even today, right? First Corinthians 10. This is why things in the Old Testament, all these stories, are valuable to us. Because they were for us. Now, these things happened to them as an example. And they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. He's talking about the Old Testament times. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. Boy, does that ever tell it, doesn't it? No temptation has overtaken you but such as is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. Well, uh, temptation came up and got swallowed up. And that was the reason for the fall uh, here of this battle. John Owen, 17th century Puritan, said this, Let not that Christian think that he makes any progress in true holiness who is not prepared to walk over the bellies of his lusts. Well said, isn't it? Did you get that? His lust, uh, his sin, it's, it's, it's a battle constantly. And he says you've got to be prepared to destroy those temptations and the sin that wants so eagerly to overtake you. Yeah. So anyway, won't we have a word of prayer? Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your word and your truth your guidance that you give us constantly, may we be able to further understand how you work 
and realize that everything that we do is based upon your plan, based upon your strength and power and your will. And may we not forget that. It so easily is forgotten. So we have to constantly be thinking about your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, chapter 7. Spiritual failure of Israel is the first part here. First five verses. First verse sets us up. But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regard to the things under the ban. For Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, took some of the things under the ban. Therefore the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. How did this happen? How did the, what, what, what went on? Well, that's what he does here. Gives the reason the rest of the way. Sets it up. Okay. When you're reading the scripture, one of the best things to do is ask questions. Okay. But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully. In regard to the things under the band, what kind of a question would you ask yourself here? What's the ban? Back up a little bit further. What's another question? Right off the bat. Well, mine says the people of Israel. Uh huh. But what people? Which people? Uh, one guy. One That's guy right. Here. There's supposed to be one guy, right? One guy. Why are we getting the sons of Israel yeah. or the people of Israel? Yeah. Why is that? And as we develop this, we'll continue to see that it's the people of Israel, although there's one man and his family that gets punished. And so, as you're reading along, would you ask that? And what's the deal with the ban? Well, God, has to, He told them not to take anything. Nothing. Out of Jericho. Except for the silver, the gold. And Hagar Right, yeah. yeah. She could, their family could take their right. It's almost like their first sin. <laughs> it's almost like their first sin right. against God. Because up until then, they were faithful and marched around the city in silence. Yep. They're, they're, like, they're like new people here that he's establishing. They've been consecrated. They're starting all over again, right? Mm-hmm. And so then yep. this guy does that, and then, then they get punished for it as a whole. But they do say... You got a can, and then you've got some from who he came from. But it starts with the people, and this verse one is going to be connected later on when we get to it. We'll we'll kind of explain why are uh, these people mentioned here? Why doesn't just just say a can or a can the son of Carmi? Why does it keep on going? And where does it finally go to? The tribe of Judah. Ah, you noticed that, didn't you? Did you follow it? Breaks it down all the way. If you go over to 17 Mm -hmm. and 18, you will see the same thing mentioned. He's from the tribe of Judah. Interesting. That's real interesting, isn't it? Okay. 
the guy who sinned is he's the one who's a descendants from the tribe of Judah. Right. Okay. Which is, you know, that's uh, of course ultimately that's the tribe that uh, of David, mm-hmm. kingship all the way to Christ. Right. So this guy is right here in that clan. So, what we have to ask here then is, okay, there's a blaming of the disaster on Achan, but it's not totally on the shoulders of him. Uh, Your narrator here, your writer, which is Joshua, as he looks back and writes this, um, the sons of Israel are unfaithful. They just had a victory. They did what God said to do. But there must be something that's not right about them as Achan demonstrates a little bit of what Israel is like. Because he says they're unfaithful. There's something about Israel. Uh, to do what he did, you know, and, and to think he can get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. It's like... That's insane. It's like, you know who God is? Uh-huh. I mean, God has just knocked down this wall. Do you think he is not seeing you taking this stuff? I think he just kind of forgot and got wrapped up in the moment. (laughs) Yeah, I tell you what, Satan, that just shows you that Satan is still there, working with them, tempting them, always tempting them. And they always like fall for his deception. Oh, they got it as but, but. When we're at our top. Remember Elijah? Yeah. I just. You know, he was at the top, defeated all those, you know, the false gods and everything. And the next thing he knows, he's worrying. He's on the run from the queen. And And I I just learned about King David, like at the end of his life, when he went and counted the armies and the people and the nations. I didn't get it because when I read Kings, it didn't exactly go into detail. But when you get to Chronicles, it tells you that Satan enticed him to do it. And he listened, and so the punishment makes a lot more sense. Because even Joab, which was like an evil guy, like the worst in his army, he told him not he to even do told it. him, "Don't do this. Don't do that. You are messing up." <laughs> so it and it dealt with pride, didn't it? That is one of our biggest problems, whether we think we're prideful people or not. Yeah. Well, we tend to always go back that way. Anyway, what you have here is a serious matter. You have a holy God. You have a sin that's happened. And this matter of this is their sin, the children of Israel, is just as serious as what Achan himself did. But they didn't do it. He did. Why are they being charged with their unfaithfulness? Well, they are uh, among the people of God. They just experienced this great victory. Would you say that they're presuming upon God here because of what's already been happened? And, and Joshua's their man, right? And it's like Joshua's close to God. You know, he's getting orders from God. And as long as we stay with Joshua... 
We can do anything. Uh, maybe the reasoning that God would be with them no matter what they do. Whatever happens. They've had past victory. Here they are here. They know oh, we can take this. The spies come back. We, we read on here. Let's look. In verse uh, 2, Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, east of Bethel, house of God, said to them, Go up, spy out the land. So the men went up, spied out Ai. They turned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up. Only about two or three thousand men need to go up to Ai. Do not make all the people toil up there, for they are few. So about three thousand men from the people went up there, but they fled from the men of Ai. The men of Ai struck down about thirty-six of their men and pursued them from the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. So the hearts of the people of Israel melted and became as water. That sounds like the um, people of Jericho, right? And all over Canaan. And here it is whose hearts are melting now. The Israelites, they've lost total confidence. Okay, so my question here is, where, where is this, you know, you, you were just saying, Joshua is their guy because God talks to him, so where is all that? Where is Joshua asking God about all this, what they're going to do next? Well, we noticed that, and that's, and that's key right there. It happens later on. Once they, once they get defeated, they go back and they ask why, and then what? <laughs> Jumping ahead. Jumping ahead. Okay. We're getting there, right? It comes in like a penny, that's what I'm saying. Oh. It gets explained to them. Well, you got, you got the spies, and they say, hey, this is going to be easy. <laughs> How big is, is the city of Mexico? Would you say 12,000, somewhere around yeah, there? It's about the size of that. It's like. You know, Jericho was a bigger place. You know, they had the great big walls and everything. So surely, and this is kind of like the uh, the general that was appointed to go establish this fort and you know take care of those thousand Indians or whatever. You know, and so he only took what three three thousand, and most of those were done uh, within uh, what three hours. <laughs> Here we go. It's almost identical thing here. You know, this is a piece of cake. Small little town. No problem. We got this under control. Just send a few of the men, they say. We can do, there's no use for all of us to go up there. Now, we don't need to go around marching around the city. Was that? You know, I don't know the population, but uh, it's much bigger than this. Oh, much bigger. Yeah, and the way that's set up, and you know the. The walls of the city, uh, and they would, they would be uh, something that uh, nobody would really want to take on unless you were really prepared, you know, and besiege the city and such. So that's why they're so confident. Yeah. yeah, after you've done that, I mean, who, who can beat us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and matter of fact, they're probably thinking, hey, you know, these guys of AI, they'll come kicking and screaming and crying and begging for mercy. You know, that's what they're thinking. Uh, and what Penny was asking is, wait a minute, where's the Lord in this? 
Do you see anybody saying anything about the Lord here? Are they saying, okay, you remember, you remember they stayed in that one camp, Gilgal, for quite some time mm-hmm. before they went and, and mm-hmm. started marching around and Jericho. And, and, and God around. tells them when to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, they see this and they're thinking, well, we, why, why even pray about it? Let's go for it. Yeah, right. it starts right out. Jericho sent men from... I mean, uh, Joshua said, continue the siege. Don't stop here. Yeah, keep on going. Every single second. Let's do it now. (laughs) And he might have had in mind, maybe the next day. I bet. Maybe if a week, who knows? I bet if they didn't have that sin with them, they would have gone ahead and just took him back to. (laughs) I'm sure they would. (laughs) But I was thinking how uh, this guy sins, and then everybody's held responsible for it. Yeah, never had that happen before, have we? <laughs> you know, that's interesting because in the same way with Adam and Eve, yeah. and then how Christ, when he died, it counted for everyone, not just himself. So but, it's like, it's a weird representation of that. But, interesting, because I was just listening to John MacArthur, and he was just talking about Eve sinned, and you know, Adam had the option not to sin. Right. And he could have actually stopped that, but obviously then they must have went along with because wouldn't have just yeah. been them. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. You're saying that Achan, yeah. his, his was a See, center of pride, mm-hmm. but that's exactly what Joshua and all these guys are doing. And that's where we're getting at. He acted yeah. out of what everybody else was thinking. Well, they, he, they may not have taken gold and silver like he did, but, but, he, but how this was even worse. What's their attitude? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, do Where's God at? Mm-hmm. Uh, are they trusting in the flesh here? Oh, yeah. yeah. Isn't that one of yeah. That's a terrible sin, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Trust in the flesh rather than trust in God, right? And I didn't see anywhere, honestly, where when they uh, when they took down the wall there, did they, you know, put up some uh, altars and did they praise right. the Lord? Did, and where's all that? Because don't they usually do that after they win a battle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They make a big fuss over how God won the battle for them, and I don't see any of that in there either. So yeah. they just uh, said to themselves, well, look at that. We took down Jericho. We Let's take AI. Let's go. That's the attitude. So God has kind of been pushed aside. Of course, anybody would ask him. they go, oh, no, no, God, it was his power that, that did it. But it's like... They're getting pretty impressed with themselves. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. There, uh, you know, I think there's a, maybe a, a member of the body of Christ can commit some kind of foul sin because really maybe they take the conclusion that the people in the church really don't care anyway. You know, is that possible that could happen? Yeah, like that <clears throat> church where the guy was sleeping with his father's wife. Ooh, his mother. That Paul yeah, yeah. reiterated yeah. in First Corinthians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the church, and right. they were going to church, and he said, "You don't even do anything about it. You just let right. them go there, and nobody says anything. They're just yeah. People yeah. don't care. Yeah. So there's a collective responsibility. They have their own pride here in Bob, trusting in the flesh." And so they're included in this whole thing. And yes, it is interesting to note that all of mankind was uh, 
Adam is responsible for the sin that we inherit. You know, we're either in Adam or we are in Christ. In this sense, it's Achan's sin that the people are in because they have uh, some problems here on, on their own. And so it's like, whatever it was, they're being charged with guilt also. They're unfaithful, even though they didn't do what he did. But we see right there in this story, right there, that they are going into battle without even including God in it, without asking direction. You know, even if, hey, this is our idea, but Lord, let's, we want to check in with you. When do you want us to do this? How do you want us to do it? We don't see any of that. Nothing. So that is a sin even though it's not exactly the way that Achan had done it as he deliberately disobeyed God, but they are responsible for what they're doing here. The guy, did I t- it's like God saying, did I tell you to go? Right. Why did I tell you to do that? And the guy hit it. He hit it. He made sure that it doesn't say that anybody saw him do it. That's but right. It's like they didn't know because I'm certain if they had known, they would have probably stunned him right then and there. You like to think so. You're hoping about it. But why did he think that he could get away with it? I mean, he did it because he knew it was wrong. Exactly, because he knew he'd be killed for it. You guys remember the story in the book of Acts? Mm -hmm. Ananias and Spiros? Chapter 5. You got some of the same kind of thing going on there. And that was, remember, we're talking about a new beginning here for Israel. What's God setting forth here? God is holy. In the book of Acts, you have a new church. God is holy. Guess what? There are people doing something that He has to call out and He's got to make it very well known that everybody would know about it. That He's a holy God and they are to be obedient to Him and see His holiness because that's what He's trying to make them. Yeah. Ananias. That is the people who lied to the Holy Spirit and then God took them yeah, life, right? right. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, right. Like this is like a representation of what's taking place in the Old Testament with these people, right? Yeah, very close. Same, same God, isn't it? It's, it's not just the God of the Old Testament that punishes sin. The God in the New Testament does the same thing. He took their lives, right. husband and wife. And they didn't even steal anything they were given, but they lied about how yeah, they, they lied were about it, so yeah. that they looked more made it look good. <laughs> and yeah. so, what's the word for that? There again is pride. pride. Yeah. And pride is really about self. That's really about what? The number one sin, isn't it? Well, okay, it's about so here ourselves. we got Joshua. Now, see, now you're. you're you gone from preaching to meddling again. You do I know. That a lot, this you? this chapter here is really. The thing is, is I, you know, I'm thinking, I'm sitting here thinking, how many times do I just go off and do stuff without checking with God? I don't stop and ask Him. You know, is this the right time to do this? Should I be going here? Should I be talking Shame to people? Shame I'm just off Shame doing my thing. I'm think, I think I know stuff. <laughs> So I'm no better than Joshua or the people of Israel here. What the heck? I think that's the point. 
by the time we get to the end of this chapter, if we don't see ourselves in this, because then we're missing the point. Ryan has it knocked us down to where we deserve. Right? So, and then I do this, you go down there, and I do that, and then, oh, sorry about that, God. And then he says, uh, you know. <laughs> Dust yourself off straight yeah, straighten up. Straighten up. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. What about? What about? <laughs> but had you often wondered... Why is Israel being charged with this? Because it was Achan that did that. And now, does this kind of help a little bit more? When you ask those questions as you go on through, usually the answer is there. Sometimes you have to think, okay, wait a minute, why did? Got to take a different why didn't they the way we have it, right? yeah. ask God? It's almost like as soon as that sin entered, they just went right ahead and like just like forgot all about it. They're like the sin happened and it affected everybody's brain. And they all just marched in like it was nothing. Hey, let's go on to the next one. This is Joshua's response now. Uh, Phil, can you read that, that section there, 6 through 9? <coughs> Joshua 6 through 9? Yeah. 7. 7, 6 through 9. Which one? Chapter 7. Chapter 7. Chapter verse 7. 6. Verse 6 through 9. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Ah, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring these people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say? Now that Israel has been rooted by its enemies, the Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this and they will surround us, wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? Wow. Was that the right amount or was that too yeah, much? That's it, right there. Joshua has a responsibility. Did he know about this sin? No. But he's responsible because the buck stops here. He's the leader. He tears his clothes, representing repentance. Um, he falls down. Was it as a sign of repentance for uh, the people? Or whoever's done this. Prayer to God is not repentant. He's that. He can't figure it out. The morning. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know he what, what's he hitting. Can't yeah. out. God will tell him. So He's making it like it's God's fault. No, I don't think so. He's giving God glory because at the end here it says, "What then will you do for your own great name?" He's still saying, well, "What will you do for your own thing. great name?" And so this is how God is going to justify or forgive them of what just took place, the sin that occurred. So that He's. Yeah, he's he's open. He's opening his soul up to God as he talks with him. He says, "You know, with this disaster that's just happened, this is going to get around, and we don't have a chance. And this is for your great name, God." Now, Daniel did something like the same thing. Turn over to Daniel, chapter nine. Real quick, real yeah. Verse 10 right here, just real quick, it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah. Can't do that yet. <laughs> and we should and, and by the way, this is how you read the Bible. Ask questions. And of course the answer is usually up ahead. But that's right. That's right. Stop and figure out what's going to happen next. And why do that? Okay, Daniel 9. Daniel, remember, he's in captivity in Babylon. Gets a lot of great prophecies. And he has a prayer for his people. And in verse 16, I mean, he's really, he's pouring out his heart. And he's identifying with the people. Now, Daniel didn't really do anything to bring on the judgment to Israel. But he's, he is putting himself right along with them because they are his people. That was the land. And of course, you know, he's, he just pours it all out. In 16, says, O Lord, in accordance with all your righteous acts, let now your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, for because of our sins. Notice he says, our sins and the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem, and your people have become a reproach to all those around us. So now, our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his supplications, and for your sake, O Lord, let your face shine on your desolate sanctuary. O my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name, for we are not presenting our supplications before you on account of any merits of our own, but on account of your great compassion. O Lord, O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and take action for your own sake. Oh my God, do not delay because your city and your people are called by your name. Do we get the idea there? So it's really about His honor, His glory. It's about God's sake here. And that that ultimately is in His prayer in that sense, but it's almost like, oh God, we would have been better off after this terrible skirmish, absolute failure in front of everybody, and Gainan's going to know this, and you know, it's like, what's going to happen to us now? There's no guarantee, you know, that we can do this. It sounds almost like the people of Israel when they were saying, well, we should have just stayed in Egypt. Right, right. And so this time, he's not taking it back to Egypt, he's taking it back to the river. Yeah. You know, that we've been on the other side. That sounds to me like he's blaming God for their loss here that, that everything went wrong. Well, he opens it up. Have you, ever, have you ever done that in prayer when you are feeling so beaten and you're saying, God, it would have been better had this not even, we'd even gotten to there. Even though you had advanced, something didn't go right. And it's almost like God, you know, you, know, you want to give up on something that he has started a work in, right? But you took a few steps back. Well, your children well, real good example of that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, also that, and he says, our sins and iniquities of our fathers have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn. So it's because of their sins. There are many sins. He's 
they're finally being punished for their many sins, and he's realizing it as he's telling them. That's why he's asking God in the upper verses to like forget, turn away your anger, your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. He's asking them to turn away because of their sins leading them there. Just like here in the story, their sins led them to defeat. They, one guy sinned, and then they got defeated for it. And here, their, uh, their sins are the reason why they're in captivity. Because this is Daniel during the time of uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, or after him. So he's like a go-between right. between God and the people. Well, Joshua is in the same kind of a deal. And, and of course, Moses would often say something along the same lines whenever he would pray for the people. You know, it's like, God, you got us here, but, you know, and then it almost seemed like Moses was giving up. And there is a sense in that. I think you see pathos here. You know, you see the the passion that uh, Joshua has. And yes, I do see a little negativism on his part, there's no doubt. It's showing that he's human, but he's a leader and he's responsible for what has just happened, even though he really wasn't a part of all that. I don't know if he, uh, what say-so he had as far as telling the people to go take the city. I do know that as, um, as he pours out in this prayer, he's also praying with who else? The elders of Israel. And so, you know, they're like trying to get an answer at the same time, pleading with God. You know, your glory is at stake here now. This is where we've gotten. And there is a sense of, I wonder, by the way, this prayer lasted for some time. We're just getting just a little bit here. You can imagine saying, what, you know, what have we done? Look at this, what has happened, you know, such a disaster. What a failure. So, he's pouring it out. He says, people are going to mock us. This is sad. It's, it's, there's an urgency here right now. It's a desperate kind of prayer. He does have concern for God's glory and His name. So there's a lot involved. There's what you're saying there. And yet, there's at the same time, he's pleading that God would show His glory in this because right now, we don't have a chance. We can't go any further. And God will later tell that. They can't go any further until they get this right. Well, let's get to the rest of the story then. Here is God's response to what Joshua and the elders were doing. Can, can you read that, Avell? 10 through 15. Alright, back to Joshua? Yeah. Okay. I, had a, I saw a verse that I thought was pretty good, and I was wondering if I could share it. No. No. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Stay in the text, Stay in the What is that verse, Avell? Okay. In the same prayer, there towards the end, it says... This in Daniel's? Yeah, in okay. Daniel's. It says, We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because... Of your great mercy. There you go. That's great theology. That's how we look at God, isn't it? I think Joshua has is getting to that, and God is going to make sure that he does arrive at that in this next section. Now. See, and I'm saying yeah. right here, Joshua is no Daniel. 
<laughs> Daniel was. Uh, Even Daniel yeah. is. Uh, we yeah. know what happened to that guy. <laughs> God really doesn't let him live it down, does he? No. He put it in the beginning of Matthew. <laughs> Alright. Okay. Seven, ten? Ten through fifteen. Ten through fifteen. Pretty long section, really. The Lord said to Joshua, Stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen, they have lied, they have put them with their own possessions. That, that is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turned their backs and ran because they had been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy every, every, if you destroy whatever... Mm -hmm among you is devoted to destruction. Go, consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. That which is devoted is among you, O Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove it. In the morning, present yourselves tribe by tribe, the tribe that the Lord takes shall come forward, clan, clan by clan. The clan that the Lord takes shall come forward, family by family. And the family that the Lord takes <laughs> next page, <laughs> shall come forward, man by man. He who is caught with the devoted things shall be destroyed by the fire along with all the belongings to him. He has violated the covenant of the Lord and has done a deceitful thing in Israel. Hmm. I just want to say, I'm not meaning to judge Judah, Judas, but that's kind of what that sounds like. It is. Like when Judas betrays, this guy really betrays. Mm -hmm. Judas oh. pays for it with his life, and this guy is about to pay for it with his life. So this is really serious, because a lot of people would say, what's the big deal? Mm, right. It was just some silver, some gold, just some, some things some that, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's not a big deal. Drugs. Mm. That greed that killed him. Mm. But it is a big deal, isn't it? God specifically, in His Word, told them through Joshua, here's what you do not do. You can't have it, so don't take it. You may want it, but you can't have it. So Joshua's on his knees. He's praying to God. Pouring out his soul, and shouldn't he be doing that? Well, yeah. Uh, I think God's impressed. But yeah, I think I think that's true. Get up! What? Get up! <laughs> Stand up! Get up! Stand. What are you doing on your knees? What are you doing? It's time for action. Get up! Get it going. There's sin in the camp, yeah, and you got to take care of it. You don't want to hear from God. No. And you say, I'm praying. Uh, I don't need your prayers to be very much. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. Yes. A lot of times Whoa. we can pray. Well, let me pray about it first. Yeah. And when we know the Word has already stated something, there's no need to pray about it. Here's what you do and here's what you do not do. You don't pray about something that you already know what God has said. <laughs> really? How many times have you heard where 
a, a guy wants to marry a girl and one of them's a believer and one's not. Let's say in this case, the guy is not a believer and the girl is. And she's told, listen, here is what God says. It happens over and over and over. And on that. There's no picking on this, you know. I could fall right into the same thing. So, there we go. What is, but what's the problem? Here's what the Word says. Well, let me pray about it, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. There's no praying about this. It's time God, for action. It's action. It's time for action. He says, you've got to deal with the sin. You've got to do it. Get up off your knees and start going for it. There's been a violation of the covenant. I made a covenant with you guys. And he keeps saying Israel here. But we know basically he's talking about that one sin. But even in battle they had to run, didn't they? Why were they running? (laughs) Why were they out there fighting? (laughs) Without God, right? So, that's why Israel is all a part of this. They are guilty of sin. And what does he tell them to do? Consecrate yourselves again. So Joshua's all focusing on this disaster that he thinks just happened. And God doesn't even care about that. He's all about this other thing. Joshua didn't even know about. Uh -uh. Didn't know. He didn't know what they did. He just didn't know why they didn't win. What happened? And he's so he's going through his conscience trying to figure out why did we just blow this? Uh oh. Something's wrong. The plot? It's really thickened, hadn't it? Yeah. So there's a consecration order to be done. They did that before, before they took Jericho, Jericho right? It's it's a matter of uh, you know, of course there's you know, that's a repentance in itself right there, isn't it? But it's making yourself clean and pure and realizing God is holy and we are to be made holy also. And then he calls for an execution of the sinner in the camp. Were they supposed to go back? Well, they stole idols. That's probably what really... You know, they did the ram's horn and everything like that. So, is that where... Like you said, they said the war thing... Like So they they didn't prepare themselves for battle... They just went and started doing it. Yeah. Even if that was to the Rams, I don't remember what exactly what they did last time to prepare themselves. But it makes you wonder if that, if Joshua would have made sure those things occurred the same way. Right. If it wouldn't help get the people's heart. Well, it would have helped if God told them to do it. Yeah. That would have been really nice. Well. Uh, yeah, excuse me here. Uh, did I tell you you could do that? See, by the time you say go to do it, you go, hold it, we got to go ahead and we're going to do that. But, but I'm fascinated that Joshua is all talking about all this terrible defeat that we had and all oh, your holy name and all this and God saying, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. That's we're right. talking about these devoted Sins. things, these things yeah. that were stolen. And Joshua didn't even know about those things. Yeah, right. because it says that they lied. Look, he said, yeah. they have lied. Yeah. They have put them yeah. with their own possessions. Joshua didn't you know, know anything about that. He's all worried about the battle he's he lost. He's not mad at Joshua, but he's mad at the people as a whole because of the war. And he stands for the people. Right. Yeah. So he's in this thing too, mm-hmm. right? That's probably why they got mad at the people. Because you know what? If you had to go to your parent and then your parent <laughs> just yell at you for everything that your little brothers did, 
<laughs> and you're like, you begin to despise your little brothers. <laughs> Are you talking from experience? My experience is before. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> Here we got uh, now the sin of Achan. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So Joshua rose up early in the morning, brought Israel nearby tribes, one at a time. The tribe of Judah was taken. He brought the family of Judah near. And he took the family of Zerahites. Now go back to verse 1. And you'll notice at the end of the listing of the names there, you have Achan and Carmite. Well, go back to the end. You see Judah. There's Judah, the tribe. You break the tribe down, he brought the family of Judah near. And he took the family of the Zerahites. Okay. It's from the son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, right? And he brought the family of the Zerahites near, man by man. And Zabdi was taken, which was the uh, son of Carmi, right? And he brought his household near, man by man. And Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, was taken. So it, it was by lots that they were found. God used lots there at that time to be able God to the get the wisdom. Together, right. And then he went to Judah. The process of elimination. Exactly. Kind of like they did with Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> they prayed, asked what was happening. Oh, yeah. Guys in the boat. Yeah. So, you know what? Achan should have already repented. Yeah. He had time. Because you'll notice that uh, it was actually like the next day. He had that night and, you know, the rest of that day and that night. God gave him time, a whole day to repent. Tomorrow morning they were going to consecrate themselves, right? And so he had all night to confess. Now, I don't know what God still would have done, but evidently he didn't do it, did he? He kept hiding it. Because he didn't think they'd ever figure right. it out. Well, because they, oh well, they lost the battle. Yeah, there's, a, there's a good clue. Something I mean, you got happening, right? You got thousands and thousands but, of people here. Come but on, then they're, they're told. But then out. they're told to go consecrate themselves. How can you consecrate yourself if you've been doing things that are wrong? Mm-hmm. I mean, right there is your time to get the. But it, you know what? But he was going to wait and see. Yeah. They were never going to figure it out. Right. Here's something to think about too. He really couldn't repent because sin had hardened his heart so much before already anyway that when the opportunity to repent came, he couldn't do it. There's a good chance he was that way for a very long time before he... That is the point. Like he just... It wasn't just a weak moment there, was it? Right. It it's a weak like... moment. You probably would have repented quicker. Right. Yeah. Now, the sinner is found, right? Mm-hmm. There's a stoning and fire. And the Lord's wrath is satisfied. Matter of fact, where it talks about Achor here, it means the valley of trouble. The valley of Achor to this day. The valley of trouble. No doubt it was. Okay, now let's go back a little bit and I'll, I'll cover these practical lessons. You know, we, we covered what we read there, you know, or, or we didn't actually read the rest of it through there, but uh, you know the story, right? 
there's a struggle with sin here that he has, as everybody has. Uh, he's, he's definitely a member of the professing community of, of God's covenant people, right? Um, he probably had planned this thing from way back when. It was probably right at that moment, and, and that's why his heart was already having problems before this. Uh, he, you know, he saw these things lying there. He saw him. Something triggered in his mind. I don't think it's premeditated at all. I think he sees it. He has this desire. You know, it's like a thought, and he's he's probably saying, looking around, "Well, these could be mine. This could be ours." He probably took a while before he found the right stuff. Yeah, he found found a load of really good stuff. So an opportunity presented it itself. Uh, the idea about opportunity to sin, that's where struggle comes up. Do you know, there's a lot of times when you could give in to opportunities, but God doesn't give that opportunity to you to sin. Do you know what that is? His favor. His favor. <laughs> How many times has He kept things away from us that we would have failed? constantly he's doing that. Now, does that mean we don't have any temptations? Oh, we have plenty of them. But a lot of them, I think most of the time, he's removing them from us because we would lose every time if it weren't for his favor, his mercy. Um, I think the only thing that prevented him from doing this in the past was the opportunity that he had now to do it. There's the opportunity it's before him. The only thing that has kept you is the providence of God. Because we, like, as that song, I'm trying to think of that one song that, but, you know, we would, um, what's the words? Can't help you, Dennis. Come up with it. Anyway, there, there are, the, uh, you know, God keeps us from going into uh, deep sin because there's lack of opportunity. Even though we have all, all sorts of opportunities a lot, he knows that he's constantly doing that. You know, we are, whenever we're weak in resolving <clears throat> that, he keeps us, doesn't he? He keeps, you know, you know what he did with uh, Adam? He gave him close. He, he gave him a choice, didn't he? Before the sin, he gave him a choice. You know what God did, and it's—I think Jonathan Edwards said this, and this is kind of tough, but he removed his grace and let him do what he wanted to do. It was like God withdrew Himself at that moment, and He was able to do what He did. It was necessary. Yeah, because that was God's plan. But yet at the same time, Adam is responsible. But only because God wanted to create a world without sin. It's like he had when he created everything, darkness had to be there. It just and so then why is the ending what's the ending about? The ending is about living in a place where there is no sin. 
For everything that God creates is good. And so, does He restrain believers from sin? Yes. Does He restrain unbelievers from sin? Even now. If He withdrew Himself from the world, watch out. Because in the, we, that's where what we see in the Great Tribulation. What He does is He unleashes the wrath of God by just stepping back and saying, man, do what you want to do. Satan, do what you want to do. His wrath is now unleashed in that Let's it all go. Man would destroy himself very quickly if he could. What keeps the world from being destroyed right now? What keeps the world, like with computers and everything that's here, you wouldn't even have to blow up a bomb these days. You could just shut down electricity, all computers, anything that has access. You've seen that too? Did you see a hacking video? No, no, but was it something like that? Yeah, I saw the people are helpless then, right? Yeah. No more food. Yep, they'll turn off. No gas. light. They'll turn gasoline tanks, set them off. And people won't be here on Sundays because they won't know there's an hour of change. You'd have a disaster in. In how quick did it go? It didn't take long, did it? No, every car has a chip in it. Yeah. Can be shut off remotely. Just like that. So if they don't want you driving your car, they can shut them off. You won't be able to do anything. You know what? I'm so slow, I wouldn't realize that I'm running out of gas. And then you look at Revelation and you realize that that's in Thessalonians, God takes away the restrainer in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And you will see an apostasy that you cannot even imagine. The apostasy comes from. When God's gone, we're gone, right? How much chaos do we have to endure? So, real quickly, the next one is the progress and complexity of sin. By the way, the only thing that keeps me and you from sin and apostasy and you see people turn apostates, don't you? It's the lack of opportunity to do that. Even though we have a lot of opportunities, he like somehow takes those away. Take, it's, it's a certain process when you're like following sin, when you're seeking it out, right. chasing after it, you can find it. Right. It's like I think for us who are believers, it's easy for us to find sin versus people in the world which are sinning because... A, they don't believe. Like B, they don't want to believe. Well, they don't even see the sin. It's just part of their life. They yeah, see. they don't even see the sin. That's what they kept doing. They just what they, they do, do all the time. Right. right. That's just what they do. That's just who they are. Isn't it kind of weird when we Christians decide to turn from the Word, how we decide to go right into the world? Like, the world doesn't seem to get it. Like, that should be like a really big obvious sign. And then they say, you ain't supposed to do that. How do you right. know supposed to do that? <laughs> Alright, real quickly. Ready? Okay, verse 20. Achan answered Joshua and said, Truly I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel, and this is what I did. Look at this. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful mantle from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold, 50 shekels in weight, then I coveted them. So what did he do? He saw. He coveted. Uh-huh. Right? Mm-hmm. 
and took them. He saw, he coveted, he took them, and behold, they are concealed in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath it. And then he hid it. So he saw, he coveted, he took, and he hid. He did it in... I don't think that he had even thought about this before until he saw it. started thinking. But his heart was the problem all along. Way before this happened, didn't it? See, this still makes me think of Eve in the garden and Judas when the devil came on him to go do and betray Jesus. It's like this guy was standing there and all of a sudden he's possessed. He sees its glory, its beauty, its wealth, its value. And he's like, I already know I'm going to take it. Like, if I didn't notice it, I would not have taken it. But I see it and I'm taking this 100% on Eve saw the beauty of that tree. Well, and isn't it interesting? She must have seen that tree before. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like it was a new tree. They were standing by it. (laughs) Right. So why was, you know, all of a sudden, of course, there was the opportunity now that was done, and of course, Lucifer or serpent, right? So it begins, uh, John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress, Eye Gate. Mm-hmm. It's the Eye Gate. Sometimes things are so good looking. See those objects and they really get to us. Uh, occasions to sin, right? And, uh, and you, you know, can stop caught off guard. Is it really caught off guard? Right? What's that? Yeah. You can stop yourself anywhere in the yeah. river. Yeah, you just yeah. said that there's always an see, opportunity. I mean, that's sin enough. You can, you can even take it. And then, you know, give it back or whatever. I mean, still repay. I mean, you can stop yourself anywhere. Right. You know. And that's what he's even saying at earlier. So you're right. There's a whole progression Mm -hmm. of, it's not like you just sin. Right. Right. There's a whole progression. You see it? You you desire it. Now it turns it. Is there anything wrong with desiring things? Not necessarily. And now that desire really turns into a coveting. Mm -hmm. And that's like the Tenth Commandment. Mm -hmm. You should not covet. Right. Right. Uh, so that's not yours. So he broke a direct law. Law. Mm-hmm. It and wasn't like one it. of them half-time laws, that part-time law. And it was a brand new law. Too, <laughs> <by the way. laughs> and it wasn't like it was that old either. It said in the last chapter that in verse 18, when you take of the, well, King James, the accursed thing and make, you'll make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. Right, mm-hmm. but another thing that gets so he me. So warned them beforehand. Right, but the thing that gets me is the silver, the gold, mm-hmm. um, is is to be consecrated right. and put into the treasury of That's the Lord. Right. It was supposed and to really, be taken. Yeah. The only three types of things that Achan took was mm-hmm. silver, gold, another silver and gold, mm-hmm. and then the Babylonish garment. That Babylonish garment is the only thing that. Was was supposed to be left and left alone, but this other was supposed to go to the treasury. Oh. Yeah, they still put it in the pile and burned it. 
I guess. Because, yes, because he defiled it. I guess so. God did Just not by want take, that. Just by yeah. taking it, it yeah. itself was not really an accursed thing. But him taking it and not giving it to into the treasury. Right. Mm -hmm. So he was, was picking it up fine that day. Nobody else had a problem because they were told to pick this stuff up and bring it in. Yeah. They were supposed and to bring it to just, the treasury of them. Yeah. He was in a place, he hid it, then he probably buried it and then built his tent on top of it. <laughs> because he was probably at a location, double hole put it, and then like this is where my tent will go. Yep. Uh, the Puritans had a thing called the motivating desire. That's where the battle is won or lost. That, that's at the major point, the motivating desire. Desire is the, I guess you could say, the index of your heart. It, it's what, what comes out of a man is what? It's from within. Not that from, from without, but it's from the within. And that was what is wrong with what he did all along. Is where his heart really was at. And of course you think of now Joseph was prepared whenever the opportunity came to him, and that was the opportunity. You know, it's more or less saying, Joseph, you know, I want to have sex with you. And what did Joseph do? Ain't no way, he lady. flew right out of there. He already had it in his mind. Here's what happens if this ever confronts me. And he got out. Right. It's virtually um, you know, it's, it, but if there's a momentum and there's something rolling, and we give in at that point, it can't be stopped. It just goes on. It's virtually impossible for anybody to stop it. It goes to its fully grown state, and that's why in James one, when one is tempted, when by his own evil desire he's dragged away and enticed, then after the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. It's in James 1, 14 through 15. So, there, there are consequences of sin. It implicated Achan's whole family. That's what's really uh, staggering here. It's almost frightening. And if you're not troubled by verse 24, Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah, the silver, the mantle, the bar, gold, his sons, his daughters, doesn't say his wife, but I tend to think she would be in there too, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent and all that belonged to him, and they brought them up to the valley of Achor. Everything was destroyed there. His whole family. And if we're not staggered and troubled by that, uh, then you're calloused. It's got to bother you in the sense of, what is old family? You know, and sons, daughters, they didn't do that well. They were part of it. They probably knew. Yeah, and they probably, yeah, they covered it up with well, them. He said there was life. You know, even healing. if they didn't know, exactly. even if they were perfectly innocent, if you did that to Aiken... There's going to be a lot of hate and revenge mm -hmm. going on yeah. there as those children grow up. Yeah. 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 I've learned that. Yeah. And I think that's why when God said, you go in there and you just wipe that whole yep. city out. Animals because if you had kept some of those children, yep. they would have retaliated against they you. They would have got you. That's happened. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The whole family is held accountable for the sin of the father. Remember where God visits His iniquity of the father upon the children and upon their children. 
that seems unfair, but all I can say is, if you you have to walk around this text with fear and trembling, because yeah. this is a holy God here in His ultimate display. Do you know at that moment there were some people in that audience, that crowd, that was like, I almost took something. Right. And right. that's, uh, I think that's like, the thing. I almost, yeah. like, We're getting everybody. I saw, yeah. I saw a shiny quarry, and I was like, maybe I can just, they'll never yeah. know. No, 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 no. The next time they're not going to do this, are they? It's like, this is the Lord. He's like, oh, never mind, I'll put it back. But, took, but they took the ox and all that, you know why? Yeah. So that they would never bring up his name. Because if you had those animals, guess what? Oh, that's someone. So I got that from, you know, we were able to get yeah. it. He literally wiped out all of his existence. Yeah. Can our individual personal sins yes. have consequences yes. for others? Oh, yes. yeah. Deeply. Yeah. More than we know. More right. than we know. More than we'll we take credit for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things that keep a menopausal woman mom up at night. Uh-huh. Three o'clock in the morning. Hmm. Think yep. about things that. Well, sorry. <laughs> I blame it on that. But it's really middle age. You get your kids are out. You mm-hmm. think of the things you've said. Yeah, but haven't you done that all your life? Even when they well, were little and at home, probably. if they did something, if you knew somehow that probably. you could have stopped that, you should have done something. You should have taught them better than that. Yeah. 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 If I hadn't been who I was, then they wouldn't be who they are. And they like to tell you that, too. Well, that's not true. They turn out, they're not responsible for the way they turned out. Well, they say they'll tell you you are. Yeah, well, you know, that was a liar. It's true that we... Oh, gosh. I know I'm not the only one. You're not alone. Yeah. Aren't we kind of like what the Israelites were there? Yeah, it shows that we can't. So that Achan, you know, look at you know, or those Israelites. Guess what? Mm-mm, all guilty. The sin of one man brought Israel to its knees, and this is important as they get ready to go and conquer the land. And so God has to put on display His absolute holiness here. Uh, the unconfessed, <laughs> unrepented sin of this one man brought Israel to its knees. Wow, this is a sobering chapter. I'm telling you, it's not one of those chapters that you would want to pick out just to, hey, let's feel good. This is not one of those feel-good chapters. And go back now and remember why Joshua was trying to figure out why did God let all those people be slain? They got got killed. Because he was sitting there saying they didn't go there and do it at the right time. And it was all because of the theft that was done right. was from before. So all those people that lost their loved ones right. because of that yeah. sin also, there's another reason why that whole family was probably taken out. When they stoned them, they probably meant it. They stoned them and burned them. Well, they were beginning, wow. it was probably beginning to really realize who all paid their lives for what he did. Right. Yeah. Can you imagine being told to stone somebody? Mm-hmm. And then you're supposed to stone them? <laughs> Are you serious? My God, I'm supposed to stop this? But you're not murdering. I guess it's in the heart yeah. of obedience. There's an obedience. Like somebody has to, like we have the system here. You don't do it for revenge, though, but then there, there's a point that you know that it needs to be done also, too. Yeah. Yeah. 
And people wonder why the Israelites have I such issues. I always worry because <laughs> <laughs> people don't to do kill stuff people like that. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, I, I look at what the Israelites did, and, you know, when you go and you kill all those people, you change. You, you, yeah. you can't do that. And okay. it's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. And I keep thinking of that when, when God tells them to go in there and do that. And I'm thinking, How do you do I really that? feel bad for the Israelites because how do you do that? Not that's hard to do. I mean, how do you look at that baby and kill it? Right. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. what, what the command was. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but when they did that, they carried suffered it. They too. They carried it with them. Yeah. yeah. This kind of goes all the way back to Adam. Yeah. This goes all the way back to Well, you him. quit bringing Adam Well. This <laughs> <laughs> is not saying Eve. Okay, that guy's fault. This <laughs> is what sin does. Well, and here it is in the year 2020. The serpent deceives, so I would yeah. have to say it's all. The serpent's fault. But God is holy. And holiness will always win. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for this evening. You are certainly holy. And you expect your people to be holy. But it's only by your Spirit and by Christ and forgiveness of sins, your mercy and your grace, that we can be made like Christ. And that's what we want. It's what we desire. We see the lesson here and it's for us. Desire to be more like Christ and less of ourselves. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. There's so many lessons in that section, isn't there? Wow. And then he gives a victory the next chapter. He did it. <laughs>